Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, welcome in H Town. What's happening, Houston? You know what it is. You know what it do. You know what this is. This is the Believe in Texan podcast. Don't laugh. I know it sounds funny when I say it, but you got to have a little belief because uh, the actual talent seems to not be there. <laughs> well, Henry Thomas, you could make the argument, is it is the talent there or is it a matter of the coaching is not there? Now, we all know that the depth for the Texans is a, a question and, and uh, there's plenty of that to go around. Come on now. Faith After of seven a, weeks, mustard seed—the faith of the mustard of a mustard seed. That's what they say in the Bible. That's all you need is the faith of a mustard seed. See, look at you giving out <laughs> biblical teachings. I'll tell you what. I'm glad you brought that biblical teaching up because uh, I'll tell you what. Some folks, you know, you might be leaning on the Bible seven weeks in. Uh, you know what? You don't need the Bible for, and maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't know. It depends on what you're into. For my friends that want to put a little, like to put a little wager, uh, like a little juice, like yeah. a little action on the uh, on the games. Well, Henry Thomas, you and I both know for the uh, time that we've been a part of the Believe Podcast Network, BetOnline.ag is one of the official sponsors of all things Believe Podcast Network. Uh, very pleased to be partnered with uh, BetOnline.ag. Listen, we all know that we're seven weeks now, almost eight weeks, uh, getting ready for eight, uh, week eight of the NFL football season. It's been a hellacious season thus far. The AFC is loaded. Uh, the NFC, we're starting to see a little separation from the haves and the have-nots uh, as we sit here and get ready for. Unfortunately, Henry Thomas, we have one of the have-nots uh, in the AFC. But that Absolutely. shouldn't stop Texans fans who still want to put a little action on other teams. Listen, just because your Texans are out of it doesn't mean you still can't make a little money this year. Why? Because our friends over at betonline.ag have you covered. From game spreads and, and totals, to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And Henry Thomas, we've talked about it once, we've talked about it twice, we're going to keep talking about it. The one thing you can't take away from BetOnline.ag is what? It's open 24 hours a day. You must be talking about that online casino, Henry Thomas. You know I am. Oh, I'm telling you right now, that's what we're talking about, the online casino, as Henry alluded to so eloquently, open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So head on over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And again, that's BetOnline.ag, and make sure you sign up today. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right. Let's get right down to brass tacks. What a weekend it was in the National Football League. Uh, we'll get we'll talk a little bit about the the rest of the division, and of course, uh, if you want more in depth NFL talk, head over to uh, the HD show. That's the HD show with our boy Bitter Mike. We talk all things NFL over there. Uh, we also get into a little baseball and just you know sports in general. But uh, obviously, we're hitting football uh, hot and heavy right now because uh, let's call it what it is. You know, we're, we're the the uh, the World Series is coming to a close. NBA is still trying to figure out when the hell they're going to start up their next season uh so it is all football all the time right now and for good reason as we get into the uh the throws of the national football league season so without further ado your houston texans sitting at a whopping one win versus six losses thus far on the um you know, second as we go into the, the the second quarter of the season get ready to put a bow on that this sunday with the uh, conclusion of week eight and henry thomas 
I don't know that anybody expected the Texans to win uh, this past Sunday. I know you and I certainly did not. We both had the uh, Green Bay Packers winning that game convincingly, and they did. The old proverbial, this final score was not indicative of just how lopsided that ball game was. Uh, And, Henry, you played this game, started this game for 14 years as a professional nose tackle, and uh, I don't know how many games you won when you guys spotted the other team 21 points. Uh, not very many. I That's mean, it. This, you know, it, it, it's time to, to to clean house. I mean, we got a trade. We got a trade deadline coming up. It is. Let's do do some moving around. Start setting up for next year because whatever you do to your defense, it ain't like they're gonna get much worse. No. I mean, they're I mean, short of playing in a lot of things. I was gonna say. I mean, short of playing with fewer guys, I, I don't know <laughs> what other options you have left because. And you, I'll tell you what, there was a play that was made Sunday, and you mentioned it right after it happened. Uh, it was a third and, I don't know, third and two, third and three, something like that. It might have been the third quarter. Uh, tech, I mean, the game was already well well decided at that point. J.J. makes a J.J. Watt-type play, you know, does a little move, gets in the backfield, hits the running back for a loss, okay, gets up. I mean, it was a great play. Yeah. When you're not down two scores and you're, you know, basically the game's over. Um, and despite the big play, J.J. pops up, head down, heads, heads back to the sideline. Yep. Guys slapping him upside the head and everything like that. J.J. wanted no part of it. No parts. I mean, it, it's difficult. I mean, in that situation, I've been there a couple of times where you're just, you know, you make a play and everybody wants to celebrate, but being a an actual a player and – part of the game there's nothing to celebrate <laughs> right you know we stopped them great but can we get some points on the board you know i'm, I'm glad i can contribute it but we need a lot more <laughs> if only that play could have been multiplied four or five six times on maybe a yeah. third down in the first half maybe exactly exactly and it, it, it's just hard to to have that same enthusiasm you know you look at it look back at it and go oh yeah i made a great play but during the game it's it's the scoreboard. That's know? it. You know, you want you, you feel like it was out of touch, you know, a, a little out of reach to come back yeah. because it was so late in the game and you're already down and they're doing pretty much what, whatever what, they wanted. Whatever do. they wanted. And Adams and um, uh, Rodgers, yeah. they were – it looked like they were just playing pitch and catch all day. They were, it looked like they were, they were playing the 907. How let me ask you this? How does a how does a Devontae Adams? Because it's one thing when a guy like a you know the, the kid from Philadelphia, Fulgham, right? Who uh-huh. who's been who's bounced around on practice squads and he's had himself a tremendous last four or five weeks of the season. It's one thing when that guy comes out of nowhere. You know, maybe he's playing against your second or third cornerback, and so he blows up. I'm not gonna say you can live with that, but you can kind of at least understand it. Maybe if your second or third cornerback gets burned, okay. Yeah. Uh, anybody with a pulse that's watched football for the last four or five years knows Devontae Adams is one of the four or five best wide receivers in the National Football League. I get it. He's going to get his. Yeah. But how does Devontae Adams end up wide open on third downs? How does Devontae Adams pretty much dictate whatever he wants to do time and time again to the point where he goes off for what 13 I think it was what 13 catches for a, a career high 190 yards or something like that to the to yeah. to that uh to that effect yeah it's it's embarrassing for 13 his, for 196 and two touchdowns 
it's embarrassing for your entire defense, uh, especially your play caller, because at some point you would think, let's put a bracket on this guy. Yeah. Let somebody play him underneath, somebody play him over the top, make Aaron Rodgers go to somebody else. At least waste some time looking, waiting for him to get open. Right. And hopefully you get some kind of pressure. <laughs> somebody hopefully. gets to him by then. Yeah, you know, because uh, uh, I don't know if there was even a sack in that game. Did the Texans even sack him? No, they did. Uh, no, I, as I was. Uh, he did not get sacked uh, one time. And I want to say there was uh, he had one quarterback hurry, one quarterback hit. So he was hit one time. One not, time. Not sacked. So One hit and no sacks. And Devontae Adams went for 13 and 196, Ugh. which 196 is a career record, for, uh, career high for him. And I'm pretty sure there, there's other guys who caught balls there, too. Yes. Jiminy Crickets. I mean. Yeah, you had uh, – I mean, you didn't need – I mean, really, the next closest guy was the running back who had four catches for 37 yards. Well, and it's like, like – So, see. literally, you – one guy. Yeah. One guys. wide receiver. One wide receiver and a quarterback. Yeah. And we both said the week before – God help the Texans because Green Bay got embarrassed by Tampa. Well, you knew they were going to come in guns blazing. Exactly. Right? And and, and let me ask you this because this is the one thing that, that – uh, and I'll tell you what, hats off to Jonathan Vilma. I, that was the first time I've really heard him do – I mean, Jonathan Vilma's been around forever, obviously played in the NFL for a long time. Uh, one of those guys from the late 90s that played with the U. I mean, you know, when they were just cranking out NFL players uh, draft after draft. But – one of the one of the things he mentioned was, you know, when good teams get embarrassed like that, the key is to come back and have a good week of practice. Yes. Right? What you saw from the Texans, meanwhile, in that opening drive, and really that opening first half, you saw one team that it looked like they had a good week of practice because that's, that's all Aaron Rodgers talked about all week was, you know, it's important that we have a good week of practice. You don't hear things like that, I feel like, from the Texans. No. You don't. You do not hear. And why? Let me. And, and and I mean, I'm I'm asking something obvious here, but why is it so important? I mean, because we you would think, okay, these guys are all professionals. They understand the importance of practice. These guys have been doing it their entire lives. What is it about? What makes one week of practice different from the next week? And what do you think the what what what, what was able, what was Green be able to do uh, that we saw that you know showed up so well on Sunday? What you can't do for the Texans, you can't apply that theory to the Texans because of what all they've gone through. They're going to need more than practice. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you got a general manager that trades away all your future. Yes. And then throughout within that same season, you get rid of the general manager and coach. Yeah, so the guy that, the guy that put you in that hole is gone. He ain't got to take the heat no more. <laughs> he's out. He's like, he's his lackey's still there, though. Yeah, his, his lackey is still there, but he – being the lackey doesn't have to take the pressure. The the they hit for it either because, hey, I was this guy back here. Yep. I wasn't the guy pointing and no. pulling, pulling no triggers. <laughs> I'm just the president of football yeah. operations. Now I'm coming in to try to do some things. Yeah, now but, I'm here to try to clean some stuff up. But no, he. Uh, it was. Yeah, it was not. It it it. You can't apply that to them because they have to get a good week of practice. Try to. A mix all that confusion that's gone on before, and then focus on the game that you know they're coming in with guns ablazing and they have great receivers. They've run the ball really well yeah. throughout the, the 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 year. Their quarterback is 
top echelon, and their defense isn't bad. And oh, by the way, uh, they're running. They're starting running back sat out. I know was not even there. Yeah, Aaron, I mean, you 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 let your the back now. Don't get me wrong. Jamal Williams is a, is a is a solid NFL running back, yes. but I mean, he's not Aaron Jones. He wasn't Aaron Jones. He's okay, a- now he ran hard. Yeah, I mean Jamal. I mean, give me, hey, give give uh, Jamal credit. I mean, I'll tell you what, if you picked him up on the waiver wire, it was a solid pickup because he did get a touchdown. Uh, finished the day with he had 19 carries for 77 yards and a touch, and then of course four catches for 37 yards out of the backfield. So a solid all over 100 yards from scrimmage for him for the day and a touchdown. So you'll take that all day every day. Real quick, what does a good week of practice look like? Um, crisp. Okay. Sharp. Um, picking up on the mistakes jumping right back in and fixing them. Yeah. And you know when you've had a good week of practice because it, it flows. It flows. Now, those weeks that aren't bad is the, the stoppage, the start overs, the what are you doing? You, you hearing coaches yell that you're supposed to do this. What happened to the – we just talked about, you know, those are the bad weeks of practice. A good week of practice, you may hear that. Yeah. But you hear it in the, in the contents where – that was right, but remember, we're going to change this to this. Are we going to okay. do this? And you pick up on it, and you just keep moving. Yeah. You don't have uh, – when you have to redo plays in practice, like, okay, run that again, we're going to do it. Normally when the a good week of practice is, there's a mistake on a the play, they'll go on through the thing. You run another play, run another play, slip that one right back in, see if we fix it. Okay. Fix it That's a good week of practice. But when they stop it all together – and you start it over, and you know it's coming, and you got to do it again. That, that's uh, you're having, you're having a rough day. Yeah, you're having a rough <laughs> day. So that, I, I sh- that just kind of feels like maybe that's what every Texans practice has been like, a lot of starting and stopping, uh-huh. if you had to guess. If I had to guess. You know, there's no enthusiasm, no fire there, no group of guys just. That team looked dejected on Sunday. Well, I mean. And I, and and I, listen, I'm not gonna say they quit, all right? Because I think it's I I think they have too much respect for Romeo Cornell to right. quit. But I do think this is a team that's just beat down. This is a team that, like you said, you traded away your GM, who's no longer there, traded away one of the greatest players in franchise history right. for a bag of donuts. And 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 I'm sorry, but David Johnson is slow, is lumbering, hits the hole with no authority whatsoever. None. No vision. No vision whatsoever. And at this stage of the game, I mean, you know, he had that fumble at the very end of the game last week uh, that was kind of like I said, and I I saw somebody on Twitter said this is basically a microcosm of the Texans seat or of David Johnson. He catches a pass, gets hit, ball goes flying up in the air, Green Bay recovers. Right. All right, and like I said, obviously at that point the game was already well out of hand. But um, it just it, – it, it, this team has no identity. Outside of Deshaun Watson, this team is rudder. It's a rudderless ship. You've got no running backs that are worth a shit. Your wide receivers aren't worth a damn. And by the way, we 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 joked around about this ad nauseum on sa- on Sunday. It was almost like it was a, I didn't know if it was a blooper reel or it, what it was. Uh, wide receiver blocking, <laughs> not on the Texans. Not on the Texans. They weren't blocking for a diddly squat. It didn't. It was listen. Will Fuller. I tell you what. If this football thing didn't work out for Will Fuller, he could be a matador when it's all said and done. Because I'll tell you what, that dude's moves when it comes to getting around people is incredible, second to none. Well, he'll get in the way now. 
I mean, they're they're good at kind of just just yeah. being in the wrong place, you know, kind of getting in the way. But as far as like putting a uh, a helmet on somebody or putting a body on somebody, Not that either. ain't happening. Well, you know what? A lot of the wide receivers, in my opinion, may not have to worry about blocking for the Texans because in my head I see all kind of wide receiver package for, for the trade. Oh, <laughs> but here's I mean, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, uh, Kenny Seal, uh, Steels, uh all of them. They're, we can make some kind of package. Tell you what, I would trade – I mean, if you could trade Kenny Stills for – a seventh round pick at this point, you'd be get, you, oh, you'd jumping be, up and down. Uh, you'd be getting away with uh, highway robbery. Uh, Kenny Stills has been a major disappointment uh, since he got here. I mean, he's well, just, how many drops he had yesterday? At least two. <sighs> I know he had one decent catch, but the problem, but but that's that's the thing with Kenny Stills is is for every good catch he'll come up with and make, he's going to at least drop two or three yeah. three balls that he should have that hit him literally right in the hands. Uh, Randall Cobb led all receivers yesterday. I think he had eight catches for 96 yards. Uh, but, again, a lot of that was in the second half. Uh, your boy Duke Johnson, one carry for negative one yards yesterday. Now, he did get uh, – he was a little more um, effective, on the effective on the pass game and effective being – we're using that term loosely. Uh, he did have five catches for 43 yards in the pass game yesterday. But, again – or, excuse me, on Sunday. Uh, but, again, still not – that running game is is – is going nowhere fast. Uh, the line play continues to be an issue, and and I get it. You've had to do some some shuffling around, but not shuffling around to the point where it's not. I mean, you, you know, you had to move Kelamete to, to to left guard, right. but I mean the the fun, but but the 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 main your foundational pieces are still there. Okay, uh, uh, you know, John, uh, not Johnson, but um, you know, Nick Martin is still your center. Okay, right. uh, you've still got both your book in tackles in 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 uh, Tunsil and, and Howard. Okay, you got uh, Zach Fulton, who's still been who's been holding it down at right guard for this is going on year three for him. I just I have a hard time believing that with a group that's again this is now year two that you've still had four of the five guys, and again Senyo's been around. This is his third year uh, with the Texans. I think he's been in the league eight nine years now. He's with the uh, Saints before that. I mean, this is not a dumpster fire offensive line group. I mean, it these, might be because here's what my take on that offensive line. It looks like they do nothing together. Uh-huh. But football. They come to practice, work together. I mean, every group I've ever played with. The Hogs Hogs, all hung out. Hogs always hung out. They had their own little group that they went to eat with or whatever. When they came in to work out, there was a a window that was the Hogs, that the offensive line, you just kind of weaved in and out of them. Like, man, get your ass out the way. Come on, let me get in there. Yeah. But they worked. They did their group. They worked together. They hung together. They – they tried to make their group a cohesive group. Yeah. Not just on not just with football, but it makes it easier with football when you do other things together. They don't look like that group. That look like when that game's over, yo man see you tomorrow. And gone. Boom. Nothing. You know, not hey. Five guys ca- five guys, five different cars. Five different directions. <laughs> nobody going to the same spot afterwards. Nobody none of that. What makes you think that? Just the the way they play together. There's no conversation. There's no communication, okay. and when they try to communicate, it's always fucked up. <laughs> it's always, I mean, look, 55 over there, and this guy's pointing over the <laughs> other direction. I'm, I'm watching it going, right. okay, they're not pointing at the same guy. They're not pointing, is that, okay, he's pointing at this linebacker, and then the guy next to him points in the opposite direction to the other guy, and I'm going, 
are they talking to somebody else? Because they're obviously not, you know, is he correct? That's what I'm thinking. Is he correcting him? Because a lot of times the one guy makes the call. Yeah. That, that's 55. Okay, if he called 55 the right linebacker out, let's make that cohesiveness to that right linebacker. Yeah. If that left guy comes, we're all together. You can pivot and pick that up. But if I point to this one and you point to that one, I go to that one, you go to that one, somebody's running through that hole where it's, where it's, where Coming it's not. Coming free. Somebody's going to be free because it's not you're not connected. And that's what it looks like to me when I watch him week in and week out. I've said for a while now I, I still couldn't understand why Mike Devlin was still employed. I mean, he's been a part of this Bill O.B. B-O-B regime. And let's call it what it is. I mean, this is still th- this is still the remnants of the B.O.B. regime. Oh, right. All right. I mean, it's, yeah, he may not be in the building, okay, yeah. but th- this has all his uh, fingerprints it's all like over it. It's like a turd that you flushed and you can still smell it still, when you walk in the room. Oh, I'll tell you what, there's still <laughs> little remnants floating around the bowl and you just can't get rid of it. It's disgusting. Uh, and, and what this Texans team is putting on the field right now is disgusting. Yeah, it's I nice. mean, it, it's uh, – and, and, you know, we talked about it last week, and it's not going to change any this week, and it's not going to change for the next 10 weeks, is, you know, we, you and I both said we thought this team might be five and six wins after what we saw Sunday. I mean, I, th- this is a five – this is a four or five win football team. Yeah. Is this going to be remnants of uh, what year is that? Uh, that was 2013 when 13. they went two and 14. And it was uh, Coob's last year. Yeah. All right. And and that and everything just I mean, you know, they won that you know, they won that opening game against the San Diego Chargers when yep. they were still in San Diego. You know, Cush made that incredible interception, took it back to the house, and everybody was like, you know, and the Chargers weren't supposed to be that good that year. Yeah. And you had a Texans team that everybody thought, you know, coming off a twelve and four year the year before, like, okay, this is gonna be the year. Here they come. And, and there they went. There they went. Uh eerily similar. To this year. Except they got rid of the coach for early. But they got rid of the coach. Um, yeah, they did. They got rid of the coach earlier than, than uh, what they got rid of Coobs. But at the same time, though, too, in fairness to Coobs and Rick Smith, they also didn't trade away their best player for a bag of donuts. No, uh, they did not. You know, in the middle, in the middle of the offseason. And it just – it shows you – and, and listen, I've always been a big believer that you're not going to win a Super Bowl when you've got a wide receiver making over $20 million. Um, not to say that the Texans were going to go to a Super Bowl, but I have a hard time believing that the Texans would be 1-6 right now if DeAndre Hopkins was on this football team. Oh, they would not be 1-6. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. this, this he, DeAndre Hopkins, to me, would be good for at least two wins on this football team. Oh, without a doubt. You'd be, I mean, this team would be about – I'll tell you what, if this team was 3-4 and four going into the bye – the conversation would be much different because you'd you'd a you might win that game against the the, the Tennessee Titans, right. all right. You had an opportunity. You had an opportunity. You might beat that. You might win that game against Minnesota, okay. And so if you win that, so that's three wins right there. If you're three and four, you can take losing to the three best teams in the AFC and one of the best teams in the NFC. Like there's no, you know, no one's going to uh, hold anything against you for losing to those four teams, right? But if you're two and three, do you still have Bill O'Brien as coach? You probably do. You probably do. I mean, if you're three, if the Texans were three and four right now, yeah, you'd still have Bob would still be there. If you had, let's put it this way: if you were three and four, and DeAndre Hopkins was still on the football team, oh, that, okay. then yeah, Bob would Bob okay. would still be there. Yeah, because there wouldn't. I mean, we there'd still be the vitriol towards him, right? But once he kicked DeAndre to the curb, 
It, it was, I mean, even his li- even even the people that were slightly in his corner, you didn't leave a lot. You you, you left nothing. Well, for folks to root for you for after that, at that point, especially when you got nothing in return. Like if you'd have gotten a let's put it, let's put it this way. Let's say you had a first round pick next year. Now, granted, it's Arizona's and, and the way they're sitting right now. I mean, that's not going to I mean that's going to be a, 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 you know, somewhere in the 20s. Right. OK, so it's not like you're getting a top 10 draft pick, but you could still stomach it to some extent, knowing, well, hey, at least we got a number one pick for arguably the best wide receiver yeah. in football. What did you get? You got a second, a fourth and David Johnson. And, oh, by the way, you swapped out force. So, really, all you got was David Johnson and a second-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. Didn't we give that second-round pick to somebody else? Um, no, no, no. You kept that. I, I believe they kept that. So, they do have a second-round pick this year? No, they used it this past year. Okay, that's right. Yeah, no, they used it this past year. They didn't have, yeah, because I don't think they had one. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. So, that's, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you like I said, you traded away – DeAndre Hopkins, who right now leads the league, if I'm not mistaken, in receiving yards. Uh, not receiving yards, but I want to say he leads them for sure. He leads them in something, if not everything. In catches, if I'm not mistaken, wide receiver leaders. Well, how many how many catches did he have last night? I think he had 10, didn't he? Oh, my God. He was catching anything close to him. I mean, he didn't have a Tyler Lockett-like game. but And he had uh, – Shout out to K-State. Yeah, the footwork of a – ballerina the way he stayed in bounds on so many of those DeAndre throws. Hopkins right now is leading the league in both catches with 57 and yards at 704 wow okay he also leads the league in yards per game not a big surprise actually no I'm sorry he's only he's second in league uh in yards per game only because Devontae Adams missed three games this year right. or so I'm sorry missed two because the Green Bay already had their bye week so uh, but yeah, he's he's averaging 100 yards a game and has 704 yards on 57 catches. Okay, so when's the the trade deadline? Uh, November third. November third, which is Monday. And oh, by the way, he's ha- he's got 73 targets. Okay, which leads the league as well. That's Monday, correct? November third, yeah. Uh, no, no, November third is Tuesday. Tuesday. It's uh, oh, that's a vote day. It's sorry. election day, sir. Okay. Have you voted okay. yet? Yes. You did vote already? Yes. I got to do it tomorrow. I got to get that out of my system. Yeah. No, I got to vote tomorrow. You know, and then I hear all the people yakking about voting, about who, oh, Trump, oh, Biden, and Trump, and I look at them and go, those are the exact idiots that won't even vote. Yeah. Just yeah. in here parading around. You know, one has to go to the bathroom. I got to go take a Trump. One goes to the bathroom. Oh, I'm going to go get it. I was like, you know, go wipe my Biden. He's like, shut up already. Go vote and let and leave it at that. Yeah, I'm telling you. it's but, One more week. Well. One more week. The thing about uh, this upcoming week for the Texans that really I think they need more than anybody is a buy. And a buy is going to do them a world of good. Well, how do you think? How so? Uh, First off, you've gotten a couple days off. Normally you get that one day off. You get two, maybe three days off. Get away. Go clear your head. Go somewhere where don't nobody know you. I mean, well, hell, we don't know most of y'all in, in Houston. <laughs> I mean, but, outside of Deshaun. Yes. <laughs> outside of Deshaun <laughs> and JJ, maybe Whitney Merciless. Everybody maybe. knows who he is. Justin Reed, just because he's been plastered all over. Tell you what, I would take Justin Reed off those H-E-B commercials immediately. Immediately. Justin Reed... You know what? I, you would think they would put um, Fuller on there, but I think his hair is throwing him off. But well, they had I mean, D-Hop, but D-Hop's uh, numbers just made – you overlooked it. Yeah, no. you can, um, No, Will Fuller – would you put him on there? I, I would have. 
But now I feel like he's just well, you know, uh, well, immense trade bait. Well, you and I have a theory on why he's not blocking anybody. Contract you. <laughs> I ain't trying to get hurt. Look, I've been hurt every year since I've been here. I'm trying to stay here. I'm trying to make it to the end. I'm seven I'm weeks in. I'm trying to make sure I'm they don't say, paid. well, you, 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 you haven't made it through the season. I made it through this one. I made it through the Got contract. Some great numbers. He, and you know what? He does have some good numbers. I he, mean, re- he really does. He stepped up as uh, one of the, the standout receivers for this group. Not that that's a big step or not like he's standing on a whole bunch of. Uh, I mean, he's the skinniest kid in fat camp right now is basically okay. what it comes down to. Basically. Uh, he's 15th in the NFL in yards. He's got 490 yards on 31 catches. So he is, le- he is the leading receiver for your Houston Texans. Uh, number two after him is Brandon Cooks with 34 catches for 427. And then everybody's favorite, Cobb, not corn on the cob, but Randall, 30 catches for 372. So at the end of the day, I mean, these guys are doing, I mean, mean, you could argue in some ways they're doing about what you expected them to do. Yeah, if you had a number one receiver. Well, you, they went with the, I mean, you know, we've heard the running back by committee. We've heard closer by committee. This is wide, this is literally wide receiver by committee where you've basically. It's a bad committee. Hey, it's, it's, it's a. There's no rules. Let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this. You don't have to check in. How much different would we look at this group if A, Offensively, they'd gotten off to a, a faster start because I mean we could all agree the offense basically took three weeks to finally say okay let's look like we're actually going to play some football here. Actually, you could argue four, um, and the fact the defense has been so bad. Well, you, you're playing with that that word if if they would have if they they didn't. I mean, you had 500 yards of total, almost 500 yards of total offense against the Titans. Problem was your defense gave up six. <laughs> So it sounds like it's null and void. Yeah. I mean, it canceled itself out. So really, you need that committee to be that much better, considering the defense is that bad. Exactly. So your committee's doing just enough to keep losing when your defense is that bad. Oh yeah. By the D- way, real quick, uh, what did you think of that DK Metcalf rundown? Unbelievable. For a dude that big. Oh, he was trucking too. They said if he just as fa- his top speed was twenty two point six three or something like that, and that if he would run a hundred yard dash at that speed, he'd ran a nine point eight eight. He ran more than hundred yards because he came from the end zone, right well, at he, the end zone. Yeah, he, well, he, and, and he, he was it. a good 10, 12 yards behind that oh, dude, and had to run through some traffic, and had to run through some traffic and chases. And you know the thing was, Arizona didn't score on that no, drive. Now they not. now they still won the game, but yeah, uh, which. Talk about a hellacious game. I mean, uh, that NFC West is – the NFC West is the opposite of the AFC South. Actually, you could argue the NFC – you know, the thing about the NFL this year, and and we all know that the NFL loves parity, this is one of the few years I can – and maybe it's because the Texans are so bad, so we're we're not as – we're – focusing a little bit more on the shittier teams than we usually do because usually the Texans Texans are in the thick of things at least from a playoff or right. you know I mean you know contender standpoint and I'll use the word contender loosely here um but you th- this year really is a case of the haves and the have-nots well because you're really the teams are I mean you're either really good or you're terrible I wouldn't put and you got a few teams sprinkled in the middle I wouldn't say their NFC West is opposite of AFC South. They're absolutely, literally and figuratively 
opposite of the NFC East. Well, you took the word right. That's it, actually what I was thinking when you, the NFC you said that. NFC South, at least you have a powerhouse team. You got you, you got Tennessee. You mean you the AFC get, South? I mean AFC South. You have you got Tennessee. two potential playoff teams in the AFC South. You got uh, the Colts. Right. You've got two potential playoff teams, whereas, of course, obviously Jacksonville's in the Trevor Lawrence. Uh, right. And really, you know, the scary part is the Texans could be in the Trevor Lawrence derby, too, if they yeah, want it. They can't. How, how can they? I mean, Miami might be. Got me. I mean, technically they're in it. They're yeah. just not going to get to pick it yeah, because it's well, – let's just pretend the Texans ended up with the number one pick. How? Would who, that, who do they have to kill? Well, let's just say they don't lose. Let's just say they don't win a Because, you know, the NFL, it's not like the NBA where it's a lottery. I mean, right. it's just based off win-loss, right. right? So let's just say they don't win a game the rest of the year. Don't and win again, a game. It's, I mean, obviously, and, and this is just for the fun of speculation here. It's possible, though. That's Well, that's the thing. It's, yeah. it, 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 it is – I don't think it's far-fetched to think that the, the, the Texans could lose every game from here on out with the, as bad as – especially and well, especially if they get rid of J.J. Bad as the defense is and – Because then who takes over? Well, you know, everything's possible. Some things are probable. This one has to be both. <laughs> it's probable yeah. and possible that they not win the game. So, Would that be a first in NFL history where a team got the number one pick and but didn't get to spend it because they traded it away? I don't think that's the first. I mean, it may have happened before. but I'm I mean, you've had plenty of teams that have traded away number one picks right. and when they had it, you know, leading up to the draft. You know, swapped a one for, you know, maybe you, you moved around with the four, number four guy. But I don't know that we've ever seen a situation where the team with the number one pick. De- because, again, this, it's not like the Texans get to go into the draft. You know, if they if they had the number one pick and had Deshaun Watson, then it would be like, oh, you're you're rebuilding your franchise. Absolutely. Because you're going to get a haul, yeah, especially for Trevor Lawrence. For Trevor Lawrence, you got, hey, okay, I'll give you. My pick, and you give me this pick, that pick, that pick. Exactly. You know You're saying? getting at least two first-round picks. Oh, without at a At least doubt. two first-round picks. Um, two first-round pick and a second in that year. Yeah. So, no. Yeah, because the Texans, would, you'd be st- you, you couldn't take Trevor Lawrence. No. You wouldn't take Trevor Lawrence. You wouldn't. I mean, him and Deshaun are probably buddies. They Unless, or would you? Because then you're basically just hitting reset on the franchise. Now, if you take Trevor Lawrence, that's exactly what you're doing. And then you're – now you got to deal – Deshaun away because there's no way. Which, but again, there'd be no shortage of suitors. Oh, no shortage of suitors, but now you got you putting all your eggs in a basket. You're bringing Trevor Lawrence in. You're getting rid of now. You re, you're already the laughing stock of the league. Yeah. Your your management looks horrible. Yeah. Your ownership looks pathetic, and you trade away the best wide receiver. And then you trade away a guy who really delivered the ball to him. Yeah, kept him. I mean, it would you you'd get some solace of relief, I guess, only because again you'd be getting Trevor Lawrence and you'd be hitting reset on the franchise. Granted, and of course this is all frivolous anyway because it's not going to happen because the Texans don't have the number one pick, so it really doesn't matter. That being said, November third is the trade deadline. A couple things we got to clear up from last week. Uh, a couple guys from Twitter, and I don't have his Twitter account in front of me. Shout out to this gentleman uh, who corrected me on the uh, Titus Howard. He played predominantly right tackle in college. Played a little bit of left tackle, but again played primarily right tackle. I said left. I was wrong about that. Um, I still would move him to left tackle though, if possible. Of course, that's not going to happen. Why? Because Jeremy Laramie Tunsil, who we talked about potentially 
actually moving last week, and we're uh, Henry and I were both on the same page as far as moving him. Uh, yeah, you could, but the problem is you've already given him $40 million. Right. And Henry Thomas, while we both agree that we're not enamored with Laramie Tunsil by any stretch of the imagination, uh, at the same time, you and I are both of the belief that if you've already given him $40 million, we're not trading him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Shame on uh, Do it to us uh, once. Shame on you. Trade him after giving you $40 million. Then we're just fucking morons. Uh, and then finally, um, what you heard here first, a Believe in Texans exclusive, uh, where Henry and I threw around the idea of the Texans reaching out to the Arizona Cardinals uh, about trading J.J. Watt. You've already made a deal with them once. Why not try it again uh, where he'd be opposite Chandler Jones? Well, it would make more sense even more so than now. Uh, why? Because Chandler Jones is out out with a, a bicep injury. I think another team you want to throw in there that would uh, be a potential suitor or a potential trade partner would be the Seattle Seahawks. As you saw last night uh, on Monday Night Football, the Seahawks have z- zero folks that can legitimately and consistently get to the quarterback. Right. Okay. Uh, that's why they were so hell-bent on trying to bring back uh, our boy Jadeveon Clowney. Didn't work. I don't know that it would have made a difference if they did, uh, but at least with J.J. Watt, you know what you're getting. And, hey, Again, another team that you now. Granted, uh, I think now nah, this was after. I think this was after the Rick Smith era. But I mean, you've dealt with them before. You've dealt actually. You've dealt with the Seahawks twice. You, you, you uh, between Dwayne Brown and Jadavion Clowney. Absolutely. Uh, you've dealt with the Seahawks before, so that would be a, a potential partner uh, that you'd have some some relationship with. That that. I, and again, I, I could see JJ going to Seattle. That seems like that could definitely be his speed. And you know, uh, you know your boy Pete Carroll better than a lot of us do. I could see those two uh, meshing well together. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, Pete is a fun-loving, high-energy guy, and J.J. will fit. Loves him some that. defense, too. Loves some defense. What could a J.J. Watt learn? Because, you would, I mean, if J.J. Watt went to go play for Pete Carroll, that would be the best coach he's ever played for immediately. Um, I'm not saying – I'm not sure he'll learn much from Pete other than the philosophy of winning. Oh, but maybe that's all he needs. You know, but because let's that, call because it, it's not like JJ's got some just lengthy track record of winning, right? But in that in that situation, I think he'll get a lot from the coordinator, um, boxer son. Oh, Norton. Norton get a lot. Out Can of, Norton still call him that D? Yes, God, sir. he's been around forever. And with them missing the safety, because they use their safety a lot, like Kansas City used. Um, the honey badger. Yeah, and when he gets a lot, I mean, he's he's probably up there on their team in blitz in uh, sacks. Yeah, he's done a lot of pressuring, a lot of you know, he, and he was hurt and he's been hurt for the past couple of weeks. So a JJ would be a great addition to their defense. You put a JJ Watt on that Seattle front seven, and now you've got a bona fide leader at each level of the ball. Absolutely. All right. You got JJ on that front line. You got Bobby Wagner, who's still patrolling the middle. And then, like you said, you got Jamal Adams, who uh, eventually is going to come back. Uh, like you said, he's been a little dinged up this year. But um, suddenly now that defense gets a little more formidable. You got a little pressure um, going on the quarterback. And you're, because at the end of the day, you're going to need somebody to get to the quarterback. I mean, I don't care who you are. That's the Listen, you look at the Steelers. All right. They got guys that can get to the quarterback all day, every day. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, you tell you what, your boy Cam played his ass off the other day. Uh, that was a hell of a football game yeah. that Pittsburgh Titans game Titans just uh, well hell they had a f- chance to win it or tie it at, at, at regulation couldn't Gaskowski couldn't get the field goal uh, Titans got can get can get some pressure on you yep. all right we saw that like I said valiant effort in trying to come back Chiefs got a couple guys and get to the pass for, you know then get to the quarterback 
the Ravens. You know, they just uh, traded for your boy in Gawkaway. Yep. All right, you still got Judon. I mean, they've got some pieces on that on that Baltimore defense. And again, that's what we're saying as far as what you're seeing uh, out of these you know, upper echelon teams, more so in the AFC. And I think that's what would really separate you in the NFC because outside of, you know, I mean, you know, Tampa Bay's defense is, is fast. You know, Shaq Barrett, that guy's been a yep. monster the last couple of years. Um, and I'll tell you what, they just went bananas on that Raider team in the fourth quarter. I mean, that was yeah, a touchdown game going in the fourth. That's right. They're a swarming defense. They run to the ball. Real quick, are you surprised that Tom Brady's getting stronger as the year goes on? No, not at all. I mean, he looked like a deer in headlights week one, but you could also make the you know devil's advocate view. Brand new offense, brand new system. I mean, you and, played and 14 years. Not so much a brand new system and a brand new offense. The thing about it is he did not have time like every other team but to mesh with his, with his receiver. That's it. Because you see right now Mike Evans is supposed to be their top receiver. They don't mesh. No. And – Tom don't mind passing the ball around. Whoever, if <laughs> no, you open, he, I'm throwing it to you. You're supposed to be the best receiver, but I don't see you open when you're supposed to be. So yeah. I'm going over here. I'm going over here. Why do you think they're so in that with bringing Antonio Brown there? Because he knows Antonio will run the routes he wants him to exactly. run. Exactly, and he only played with him one week. What does that tell you? Like he was because apparently, allegedly, uh, when Tom signed with the with the Buccaneers, he told Arians then, "I want." A B here when when he's uh when he's available. Well and 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 Arians told him then, no. I don't like him. We didn't we had beef back in the day when we were in Pittsburgh together and I don't think he's a professional. Well, he said and then of course apparently a couple weeks ago Tom said, Hey, you see this receiving core is a little banged up. I mean, you know, you lost O.J. Howard. You know, right. again, uh, Godwin's been dinged up. Mike Evans. The thing about Mike Evans is this. Is Mike Evans a good NFL wide receiver? Yes. yes. Is he a great NFL wide receiver? No. No. And I think he runs lazy routes. Yeah, and this year he's, he, like you said, he comes on for a play, limps off. Two plays Well, that's the other problem, too. I, I, I don't think he runs good routes, and he's just not durable. Right. He gets dinged up. I mean, listen, the dude, athletically, he's a freak. I mean, again, that's not saying a whole lot when, you know, let's call it what it is, half the NFL guy. I mean, you know, let's go, yeah. I mean, what wide receiver really isn't a freak in some form or fashion? There's a few of them out there. Yeah, there probably is. There's some skinny ones out there that I'm going, man, he looked like Anthony Carter. You know. You really could, you could argue any of the Texans wide receivers. <laughs> you can all of the Texans wide receivers. It ain't like Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. It's not like they're uh, winning a whole bunch of contested passes. I don't, even know, I don't even know that you could throw a jump ball to a Texans wide receiver. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even. I don't think the Texans have a wide receiver over six feet tall. Ooh, now nah, that hurts. I mean, think about it. They're top three wide receivers. Fuller, 5'10". Okay. Ra uh, Brandon Cooks, you know he ain't but about 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, and Randall Cobb, what's he, 5'10", 5'11"? You don't have a wide receiver over six feet tall in that I mean, Texans. Seals is over six feet. Who? Steals. Is he? I think he might be over six uh, feet. Let's take a look. Shout now. We, you, know, we know uh, Kiki Kuti is not over. Uh, I didn't even know he was on the fucking <laughs> He's team still. still. On the team. Okay. Like that dude's uh, just collecting money. And God, you know what? God bless him. Good for him. I'm, I'm happy for him. Uh, Kenny Stills is. Let's take a look here. 6 1. Is he? 6'1", he's age 28, he's 6'1", uh, 202 pounds. Okay. 
But since he's not that great, does it count? <laughs> Can we call? Well, him? that's the only one over six foot. That's all. I. That's all I'm saying. Our boy DeAndre Carter's five eight. Uh, Randall Cobb's five ten, which means and is is the NFL like the NBA where they Absolutely. spot him an extra inch? Absolutely. Okay, because here's the thing: they've got Will Fuller at six foot. I'm just going to tell you this much right now: I've I've stood next to Will Fuller at the gym. Okay, yeah. with no shoulder pads, no cleats, no nothing on. Okay, I'm six feet tall. I'm an honest six feet tall. Yeah. That dude's probably about five ten at the most. At the now you throw his his his, his braids and everything. <laughs> yeah, he might be about six foot with braids, but no. If Will Fuller, so you're saying that Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks are probably about five eight, five nine. Yeah, they're not. There's yeah. no way they're five ten. <laughs> So Seals might be five eleven. <laughs> so back to our original yeah, that's premise. Right. Nobody over six foot. You still don't have anybody on this team that you could. Th- I mean, think about. It. We're looking at this wide receiver group right now: Stills, Fuller, Kuti, Cooks, Cobb, and Carter. Ain't one dude you could throw a fade route or a uh, jump ball or a jump ball to. Ain't nobody going over the top in the end zone. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You were Ooh. hoping that maybe your wide receiver. You were hoping that maybe your uh, your. Uh, Tight ends could do that, but hell, they've been banged up all year long yeah. too. So, um, all right, let's take a look uh, ahead real quick to Week Eight. Obviously, the Texans are on a bye. Uh, get you out of here. Well, a couple yeah, things. Let's, we'll let's do get my new a couple things. Right, couple things real quick. Um, yay or nay? We haven't done any yay or nays in a long time. Yay or nay? It got to do with the Texans. Nay. No, no, no. This, oh. this one, this, 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 this falls in line with what we've been talking about. Okay, here we go. Yay or nay? JJ Watt will be a Texan when the Texans resume play in week nine. How much? Uh, say yay or nay. I'm going to say yay because they're, they're loyal to a lot of different players to a fault, and yeah. he's one of them because he's done so much to endear himself to Houston itself. Um, th- they would, unless somebody just comes with something astronomical, he's still going to be a Texan. Yeah or nay, Whitney Merciless will be a Texan. <laughs> no, no, not whether you want to see him gone, because no, we know you do. Yeah or nay, he'll be a Texan. No, he could be traded for a bag of donuts. I could see somebody. I, I, I say yay as well. I don't think his contract is that crazy. His contract's not great, but I could see him. Uh, I mean, it's, I think it's, what, eight, nine million or something like that. Uh-huh. Now, he's still 30 years old, 30, 31, and I yeah. think for the production you get. But at the same time, too, though, I mean, he can sort of get to the quarterback. And I say sort of in the when, when somebody when I all of he you know what he would have had the quarterback Sunday if he'd actually hit the quarterback you know we saw that play on Sunday where that's not a testimony for him no it's not if he would well, hit the quarterback let me ask you this if he went to a group like and I'm going back to Seattle just because we're going with Ken Norton in that in that group um, let me think of somebody else who's got a good San Francisco they got a good defensive coordinator. No, he's not a good pass rusher. You're not sold. I'm not sold. At all. He's not a good pass rusher. He's an adequate football player, but if you bring him in to rush the passer, he's below average. Would you say he's a better pass rusher than Jadavion? No. Really? No. You don't think so? Jadavion's just too explosive. Even if he doesn't do any moves, he's too explosive. You still have to account for him. Absolutely. I can put a running back on Merciless. <laughs> I could block him with a running back. So, there you go. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right. So, you say yay on that. He would, You could see him getting traded. Um, I can't see and, – and I'll get – last part, last part, last part. Yay or nay, anybody from the Texans' offense 
gets traded. Oh, yay. A starter. Yay. Okay. All right. Let me get my pen out real quick. All right. So, HT says, nay on JJ, yay on Merciless, yay on Texans. Offensive starters. Shall I give you names? Steels, Cook, Cobb. Uh, Fuller. So you're saying anybody, any any of the you're you're putting the whole wide receiver. You're telling the entire NFL, take a look at my wide receiver core because uh, I'll make a package with them. Make me an offer. Make me an offer. I, hey, I give you two for one. <laughs> I give you two for one in a draft pick. Come on, come on. What you got? What you show got? me something. Uh, by the way, Des Bryant got signed to the Ravens practice squad. Hadn't played a game since December of 2017. Since tearing his Ach- Achilles, right? Is that what it was? I think so. Man. In New Orleans. Three years. Hey. What kind of rust do you think he's got? I mean, he's going to the practice squad. I mean, obviously, he there was something there that they liked. Yeah, I mean, he's still got some rust, but he can shake that off. Uh, the, the biggest rust for him right now is um, just getting hit. Getting over the the thought of his Achilles. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the biggest thing coming back from an injury, especially a, a severe injury. That ends your your. Uh, That's right, because I forgot he did get picked up by New Orleans and then yeah. and then blew out his knee and uh, or, or Achilles, I'm sorry, blew out his Achilles uh, in practice. Well, not a game. Yeah, not a game. Practice. Practice. But for what it is, the biggest coming back, especially at that position, you're you know running, moving, all that. Yeah. How fast can he get over the thought of? That Achilles. Okay, and then just and then just getting hit. Yeah, just getting back into football. Yeah, I mean it's like you said, we've seen Gronk for seven weeks. The last two weeks, he's looking like more and more. Like oh, Gronk looks like New England Gronk again. He's getting back into shape. He's making because before he wasn't get separating. He was no with guys, and he look. I mean, he was lumbering down the field, very <laughs> lethargic, going. Yeah. But in the last couple of weeks, Ooh, he's made some what. good moves. He's <laughs> gone after the ball. He's I'll tell you what, he high-pointed that ball the other day. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, so uh, you can see how it. he had his progression of coming back. Yeah. This was going to have a that little same. bit longer because it was an injury. Right. And he's coming in midseason, too. Exactly. So That's an interesting uh, – I will say this about that Ravens and the AFC uh, as a whole. They have not – teams are, are understanding after what the Chiefs have done getting yeah. Le'Veon and after seeing what they did last Sunday. Yeah. Le'Veon, I mean – He only touched the ball maybe four or five times, but he looked good. And, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in the on our HD show. I'm I'm baffled as to why people thought he was washed up. It wasn't like – it wasn't like he got a – hurt it wasn't like like you said it's one thing if he was coming back from a achilles a, a des bryant type injury right okay that, that that's a whole different deal he sat out because he didn't he wanted to get paid yeah and as you alluded to uh uh you know you're talking about J, we were joking around about jj last last week you know yeah he's gotten hurt but that's two years of of, of no wear and tear on his body absolutely so, i mean say what you want i mean you know when you get a pec tear ain't like that lower extreme i mean yeah, Lord Tremont, he's fine. Still while, running. He's still, still, still running and squatting. Still, still <laughs> Looks like he hadn't lost a step too much. There you go. I just, I, I was just taken aback at how many people thought, oh, well, what, what Le'Veon are they going to get? What Le'Veon are they going to get? The, I mean, There's only one. The Jets are atrocious. Yeah, that's... Like, it doesn't matter who you throw back there. The Jets are a bad football program from top to bottom. 
Now you throw Le'Veon, who, as the story goes, as soon as he as soon as he was a uh, uh, apparently he wanted to go to uh, what you call it the Chiefs as soon as he got cut. Like he knew immediately he was going to go play for the Chiefs. There you go. Um, and no, the fact that you got Edwards Hilaire as your starter, and then you spell him with Le'Veon, who oh by the way didn't they ran no design plays to him out of the backfield to to throw to him yet. Right. And, and you're probably going to see anything uh, with the Jets either. And according to the announcers, I mean, Le'Veon did a big boy things. I mean, he called the other running back and said, look, man, I want to come there. Yeah. You're going to be cool with that. Yeah. You know, that's that's putting another dude at ease like we can work together. Exactly. You know I mean, if you're, and if you're Clyde Edwards-Hilaire – you got to think about it this way. The Chiefs aren't – you're their number one pick. Yeah. Okay? You're not going – you are the future in yeah. Kansas City. Like, there's nothing to dispel that. And if nothing else, you're going to learn from who at one time was the best running back in the National Football there League. There you go. With a skill set eerily similar to yours. Physically, obviously, y'all are a little bit different. Right. But you, you still do a lot of the same things. That's it. Okay? So, you don't – I mean, say what you want about Le'Veon Bell, all right? The dude's a professional. Okay. No one's. You can say what you want. People didn't like him because of you know. Oh, he wanted m- money, and and that's another discussion for another time. Hey, listen, I'm not a pocket watcher. If that's you know, if if, if you want to sit out for a year because you don't feel like you're justly uh, uh, compensated, that's your right. Guess what? It's America. If you want to sit out for a year, by God, you can do it. Now, I think the reality was he realized when he got done. The, the offers didn't come in quite as fast and furious as he thought they were going right. to, which is probably why he ended up with the New York Jets. But, hey, that's another story for another time. All right, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. Uh, take a quick at the, at the division. Colts and Lions at Detroit. Detroit might be one of the hottest football teams right now. Huge comeback win on Sunday against the uh, Atlanta Falcons. We'll really? save our picks. Really? What? You say huge comeback win? What, from the Lions? Yeah. Absolutely. The only thing that was amazing about it is that Atlanta comes up with more unique ways to lose a game. You still had to score. They st- Listen, there was a minute left, and they still had to score a touchdown. Well, And they scored with zero seconds on the clock. Well, Gurley's not the brightest, apparently. Hey, as you, did, did, did the Lions still not have to score? Did they still it's have to- Atlanta. I mean, Who I, hadn't I, scored on them? I get, but well, it wasn't Dallas like it, scored on them. I understand. They didn't even know how to cover an onside Hey, the final kick. score was only 23-22. It wasn't like this was an up-and-down shootout, you know. I don't care. All I'm saying is this. I was impressed with what the Lions did. Uh, the fighting Matt Patricias have not given up yet. They haven't. I mean, they're 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 undisciplined, and but they're athletic and they ball. But Do you think, think he's maybe starting to turn a corner with that team? Patricia? Yeah. I think that team's just tired of sucking. That could be it. it ain't got, I don't think it's got a whole lot to do with Patricia. I mean, I shouldn't say that because he is the head coach and he is feeding them what they're getting yeah. to go out and play week in and week out. I'm not a Patricia fan. That's what I'm really saying. That's what you're really saying. I'm not, I'm not, I don't you, want to take away from what he's done because, I mean, he is uh, navigating that ship. You also weren't a uh, whatchamacallit fan either for a long time either. 
as a person. Uh, who's your boy? I know. Tennessee's cool. That's it. That's yeah, it. That's it. Um, also, Titans and Bengals, that should be a no-brainer. Uh, Titans should walk all over them. And then, of course, Jacksonville, they're on a bye week as well. So there you have it. All right, folks, that's going to do it for the Believe in Texans podcast. Make sure you check us out on all the social media outlets. He is Henry Thomas is at Henry Thomas NFL, both on Twitter and Instagram. I am at the Freddie D, both on Twitter and Instagram as well. So make sure you give us a follow. You'll be glad you did. Uh, check out all the episodes over at the Believe Podcast Network. You can find it on Google Play, Apple, and wherever you get your podcasts. For the one, the only Henry Thomas, I am still that dude, Freddie D. H-Town in America. You know we love you. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.